0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the St George's Rod and Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St George the Mart. I'm Lindsay Shooters, and I'm joined, as always, by the Archdeacon Father Rodney Whiteman. Father Rodney, this is the third Sunday of Advent, and how does it find you?
1: Good afternoon, Lindsay. Now, it uh, uh, I think it it comes with a great challenge of in the pastoral field over the past week, uh, the concerns of the COVID nineteen. In, um, you know, surge in the Western Cape showing its face amongst parishioners and um, uh, parishes of the di- of the diocese and of the archdeaconry and members of our mm. own congregation, and so it does sort of um, make one sit up uh, a little bit more sharper and um, take notice that we we can't be uh, re- reluctant because this thing is knocking at our doors mm. all the time. But at the same time, to be able to see that in spite of all of this, that, uh, you know, um, David reminds us that though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us. We need not fear. And if we do fear, then obviously we're going to be in denial of the protocols that are assisting us to try and Mm. keep ourselves, Mm. our families, and each other safe in our country and beyond our borders as well. So, um, but again, uh, scripture, the, the narrative, the events that it speaks to uh, 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 come with great hope and you know I just want to cite when I when I say that um, this hymn has touched my heart um, uh, that I use uh, sections of it to address uh, the stations of the liturgy, um, we love the word of life, the word that tells of peace, of comfort in the strife and joys that never cease. So um, that's the first verses. We love this place of, of God. Um, so, th- you know, those words help me to reflect on what the purpose of scripture is um, in the, the dark reality, in the dark realities of, of, of life and human experiences
0: Mm. okay that's that's cool Uh, we always need to maintain our perspective i mean um, yes this is the time of year that everybody wants to come together and celebrate Um, but yeah with everything that's happening right now i don't think it's i don't think we should lose ourselves in our wants We need to now remain vigilant and, yeah, just ride out this resurgence. Uh, It's very troubling when it's now become a political issue where everybody, like everybody, is fearful of another lockdown in a time where we were supposed to be recovering. But, yeah, so be it. I'm trying to limit my movements now again and. Yeah, just kind of get through it. But turning to the third Sunday of Advent, you have extracted a theme called, and it says, God inspire all who serve in your church to prepare for Jesus's coming again. Um, So (coughs) the feeling that I get from this this theme is, so like I I have this thing, um, when my mom was alive, I used to, like as an adult, like luckily my birthday is, at the end of the year, it's among it's in the coming weeks. And so I'd always be around, like with her. And I'd always make a point of going to see her because it was as much her special day as it was mine. So yeah, I feel that the the story of the birth of Jesus is also Mary's story. In the gospel we'll get to the levites asking john who he is and john kind of proclaiming that he is but only the messenger messenger for the messiah um but like i want i want to talk to you about the idea of worthiness especially in the context of like baptism like what makes someone worthy to anoint or to make someone a christian you know and then mm-hmm. like the idea of what made Mary worthy to be the bearer of Christ. And the hymn that jumped into my head was Gabriel's message. And I'll just go through the first verse, which is, The angel Gabriel from heaven came, his wings as drifted, his wings as drifted, his eyes as flame. All hail, said he, thou lowly maiden lady, most highly favored lady. Glory. Most Highly
2: Favored Lady, Gloria, Gloria. for none a blessed mother thou shalt be, all generations, Lord, and honor thee. Thy Son shall be Emmanuel, my sins foretold. Favored
0: lady, and this is an angel, the art angel, who is addressing a 14-year-old girl as this mighty queen. <laughs> um, what, what, what was it about Mary that made her worthy of that kind of gift?
1: It is the sense of vocation that comes from God mm. to any or, and all of us. It is God's choice. That goes, that goes back to Israel, for example. If we mm. read the Old Testament, was, was, the, was God looking at Israel to show signs of worthiness before God chose them? Hmm. Was God looking to signs of Mary's life that says now there is a sign in the in Mary that says I can attach my 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 action to what to the to her as a person? I don't think we would necessarily or necessarily could say that We have any bright spots of of worthiness if God has chosen us Hmm.
2: God chooses
1: us and God uses us because God has made us and um, and God made us for Himself, and so um, Mary's response to to that was, "No, I'm not. I'm not really up to standard. What mm-hmm. you're saying." So the angel had to convince her
2: mm-hmm.
1: that that is God who has called you. And when God recalls you, you respond. And so Mary's response in the Magnificat is, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. It was a response Mm -hmm. of worship, uh, worship uh, of of humility and of obedience. You know, at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, she Mm -hmm. heard this was God's call upon her life, not about her sense of worthiness. And so any of us who think that we are able to do anything because we are at a state of a level of worthiness in ourselves would probably find that uh, that would be questioned particularly in the in, you know when we when we when we're testing priests uh, people who claim to, to have been called to the priesthood and they want their vocations tested mm. and anybody mm. who already got fixed answers for what they'll do when they are priest we, we begin to question that because is that what you heard God say to you? How did God call you? And we have to measure that up to the call stories of Scripture to say, you know, um, how, how reluctant people was. Moses, for example, I can't mm. speak, you know. Um, there's the prophets who were found gardening wild figs. And God calls them. And they had, at the beginning had to show their reluctance to really be part of the divine narrative. Uh, as as uh, And so at the end of the day... We are really just vessels in one way that God uses uh, to perform His holy work in and through. And really, we have to have the John, John, John the Baptist's attitude. I'm not worthy to untie the thongs of His sandals. Mm-hmm but but when, but when you look at what john was called to do you're almost assuming that he, he had a sense he had a, he had an a ambience of worthiness mm-hmm. around him but in himself he knew this was all about god it wasn't about who i am that makes me so special and so um, look at the covenant of 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 of, of is with israel i want to make mm-hmm. you a, a holy nation so that Other nations can become holy. Um, So I would make you a kingdom of priests, so that others can worship me. Yeah. Um, So it's really about who God is. Yeah. And when God calls us, He doesn't make us want to walk around as if we are um, God's answer for the world, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we are God's servants to. Uh, to do what God is calling and purposing us to do, and when we've done that, not to seek the accolades. Mary mm. never sought accolades throughout of the time. She, she then, when she had to be convinced the second time, said to the angel, "You know, I am God's servant."
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think uh, in the, in the song it's referenced um, to me be as it pleaseth God. She said,
2: absolutely.
0: "My soul shall lord and magnify His holy name." Um, yeah, I I, I I I like this hymn. It's 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 a very undervalued. Um, it's normally only taken on by like uh, the the real proper sopranos. Yes, um, I think uh, Charlotte Church did a very moving version of it when she was but only 12 or so, I think, which she was still quite a child. Um, yeah, and Sting, bizarrely, did one of the most um, recognized um, versions of it in, in the zeitgeist. But moving on... Can, can, I, just, can he, I just tap into yeah?
1: something just before you leave? One perhaps needs to ask oneself the question, the question, I mean, I ask, how does a 14-year-old have a s- spirituality able to say, in words, response, um, I'm here to please God. Mm. So one does that tell us the kind of spiritual background of her family, the context mm. which she grew up in, how as a woman of Israel, she's able to understand that even women are called to minister to God and also at age 14, teenagers are included in his purposes. In other words, nobody is excluded from being called and used by God for God's purposes. Mm. Uh, But but it also speaks to um, the kind kind of, of way in which we teach our children responses. You know, going back to Hannah and Samuel, mm. um, you know, she gave him to, to work with Eli. But Eli had to teach him how to respond, how to listen to God and how to respond to God. And that's maybe a challenge to us as Christian families. Mm. How, how in baptism do we teach our, our children to listen to and respond to God? And to Mary is an ideal example of somebody who who had developed in her spirituality enough to be able to say because that's a big step ne? because even mm. we are reluctant to do so to be able to say I will do as God please as as it, as it pleases God
0: um yeah it, it, it does it does speak a lot to to our upbringing um, and, and and I'll take a very practical view of this um, it was obviously my daughter's last day at school this week. It was prize giving. Um, she's four years on the podium. <laughs>
1: Wonderful. Congratulations, um, Island. Island, Uh
0: thank you very much. I will pa- I will pass them on to her. Um yeah, she got top achiever in literacy um in her grade, which is as yeah, <laughs> it's it's to be expected. <laughs> um but the the thing we always try and stress to her is that other children will be good in other things. Yeah. And if you have tried your best and you know that you have put all the effort that you could into the task and you didn't finish at the top, it is then on you to congratulate the people who did because right. they worked hard for better than you. And, and out of... And I don't want to boast, but like out of all of the children who were called up, um, because it was done, um, obviously there was a live stream as well, and Isla was clapping for every single child who had also received an accolade, and she was the only one out of them. And just, I think the day before, we had received a note from a parent, and one of the kids was leaving the, the school, one of her friends, and like, they were talking about talking about Isla, and they were saying that she, the, the this daughter was recalling that Isla always encourages them to do their best. And that really made me brim with pride. Because absolutely, it's like, absolutely. It's like she doesn't show us, but the, the messages do get into her.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Lindsay, perhaps this time we could congratulate all the children in the parish who have finished their exams and have gotten their results. And, Even those that perhaps didn't make it, that they won't look upon that as an end to their life, but to see it as an opportunity to improve themselves Mm. going forward. And also to those who have achieved and have been congratulated prizes, uh, we congratulate you on behalf of the parish as well. And um, you're all together in this, even those who are not going forward. uh, If you need help, call out and the parish must be there to be able to assist you Mm. and your parents. Mm. Um, and not look at this as an end to life.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, If Um, I can speak from my own life, I am turning 37 this month, and I'm probably making the fifth career alteration (laughs) in the new year. Um, So, yeah, there's no such thing as an end point. Um, absolutely it's always just another opportunity maybe you just have to reframe your mind attack it differently um yeah and from there father if you would just call together the minds in the words of the collective prayer and i'll catch up with you in the reading
1: my sisters and brothers when you get this message i greet you the lord who has done great things for us is always with you And uh, we thank God for the opportunity to worship him, not only in the church building at crucial times like we're going through now, but also in, um, in being able to do services online. Let us pray together. And if you have your pew leaflet, we pray together. God of hope and joy, you sent John the Baptist to announce the coming of your son. Inspire all who serve in your church to prepare for his coming again. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
0: Father, the first reading is Isaiah 61. It's the song of Isaiah, Um, the servant song, as it is so called. I have one question for you the lord he is referring to is obviously god right
1: yeah should i respond yeah it's uh, yes. inter- it's interesting that the um, the the when one reads the earlier parts of the hebrew bible the old testament One has the understanding of different names being used for God. So when you translate that, those names, uh, Mm. you translate them as per the the one that was written down. And so um, you would come up with, with, you would hear the English version of these would be uh, the Lord God or the Lord God of hosts. Um, Here it says sovereign Lord. So it speaks of the God of creation Mm. and the God of the liberation and the God of the covenant um, would be the same God that we'd be talking about here. In other words, probably the God of the Old Testament, as some would Mm. probably have it, yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, I I just want to skip down to verse 8 where it's like the Lord says, I love justice and I hate oppression and crime. I will faithfully reward my people and make an eternal covenant with them. They will be famous among the nations. Everyone who sees them will know that they are a people whom I have blessed. Jerusalem rejoices because of what the Lord has done. She's like a bride dressed for her wedding. Um, With a view to the gospel, um, john the baptist was baptizing people three kilometers from jerusalem like in the stories it seems like so far (laughs) because he's in the wilderness and like it, it it just seems like a long way um the the idea of of scale in terms of of the reference points in the bible do we get it wrong? Do, is it relayed in the actual like, sense of the scale, or is it relayed larger than life for dramatic effect?
1: Well, I think in any storytelling, you're going to look for things that could give dramatic effect to the story. Mm.
2: Uh,
1: but because the, the, main, the main task of, of the scriptural writers was not to, use, to to make to, to have a historical story mm. in terms of it only being history that happened then, but it, it actually reflects God in history all the time. Yeah. So yeah. so but then when you have certain things like like yeah um, the 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 effect of God saying something that will happen in the future. God mm. revealing his mind that will happen later on. Um, and then when you look at how that uh, finds itself in the words of the story in the New Testament, um, mm. you know, mm. for example, one, one remembers that between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's a 400 year gap. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's an ever evolving story. And, and historical time is used as a tool to move the story from one place to the next, suggesting to me that our God was not a static God. He mm-hmm. wasn't a God of, mm-hmm. I built my temple here and this is where my kingdom is. He's a God that's on the move with his people because the call of life and the call of the spiritual life is about a journey.
2: Mm. A journey
1: into a journey towards um, a journey of God with his people a journey in which the people were not always with God but God gives them tools such as he says yeah um, I will I will make my nation I will make an eternal covenant with them so yeah. that covenant happened at a particular point but then what did how did the covenant played self out in, the, in their life and, and in their responses of obedience to God or not. Um, mm. Lots of evidence that they ended up in exile because of their breaking of that covenant. And then you would see here right at the end of the reading of, 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 of uh, Isaiah, the sovereign Lord shall save his people, will save his people, and the nations will praise him.
2: Mm. Now,
1: mm. if we consider nations, we think of boundaries. Of course, they were addressing the ancient Near Eastern nations, but you will therefore move from one through the passage from one nation to the next nation on your Mm -hmm. way to where God wanted you to be. And so your lives will interact. And when the nations see what I have done, I will save my people. The nations will then say, praise the Lord. So they've Mm -hmm. seen God in action. And the purpose of seeing God in action was, I believe, to draw them also into the saving work of God so that at the end of the day all God, but God used as his witness, as the people that he's working with and through the uh, people of, of Jerusalem. Mm. And, um, mm. and, and it shows right at the top here how the servant song, the, the song of the one who serves God is, mm. is this kind of uh, response. Uh, it's, a, it's a worship song to the Lord. The Lord has filled me with his spirit and he has chosen me and sent me, which comes out in the, in the background. I hear the Magnificat being sung.
2: Yeah. And
1: yet yeah. this was going to be referenced in Jesus' life as captured in Luke chapter 4. Mm. Um, but who was God's ultimate servant? God's ultimate servant was... Israel.
2: And mm. so
1: Jesus becomes the new Israel for us, the, 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 the servant whom God ultimately, the, the, the most obedient servant of him all was the son. Remember, we were dealing sometime back, was it last week or the week before last, with how God, how this, the owner of this, this farm eventually decides he's going to send his own son.
2: Yes. yes. Maybe
1: they will have respect for him.
2: Yeah. So, yeah.
1: so here we have the servant, the ultimate servant, the ultimate favorable servant of God, the pleasing servant is Jesus Christ, a people just let him down. But do mm. you see how yeah. God is, how this is always in the future? The Lord will save yeah. his people yeah. and the nations will praise God. That's, he, that's God's desire. Um, but how to do that? is the difficult one because the world is full of poverty, Mm. broken heartedness, captives, imprisoned people. Um, There are people that are uh, oppressed. Um, Mm. Justice is lacking. Uh, There's crime. Uh, Mm. This is the world that God is dealing with. And in this world, God wants to uh, make a covenant, um, in this world, God wants to let the nations praise him. In this world, mm-hmm. they praise him because of his work of salvation. So um, so, it is, so I think it is in which time is in God's hands. One day is like a thousand years and a thousand years like one day.
0: Yep. But in order yep. for
1: us to keep in step with time, we need to know a little bit about how time works in our context. Our distance works in our context. Um, but, but, but because God's idea of time is much bigger than ours, our tiny steps
2: mm-hmm. are, as
1: it were, mm-hmm. brought into uh, the the ultimate time of God, in tune with the, the time of God. But mm-hmm. it shows that God can work in history, in the in the in the measurement of history, of human history.
0: With yeah, his yeah, yeah. eternal plan, but I I, I enjoy Isaiah because he's he's, he's 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 a man of the soil, he's he's quite agrarian in his in his anecdotes, um, and his analogies. Where, uh, I mean, even in the song, they will be like trees that the Lord Himself has planted and they will do it right. And, um, further down, He speaks about uh, I lost it now, um as surely as seeds sprout and grow the sovereign Lord will save his people um and he's also the guy in I think it was chapter 11 verse one who speaks of from Jesse's roots a branch will bear fruit and amazingly <laughs> the Hebrew word for branch is nasser which is what Nazareth is named after like that that's why I brought up like the scale like the the geography of yeah the Christmas story is yeah. is 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 amazing um and and if I may just slide into the gospel, which is according to John um, verses six to eight and nineteen to twenty eight there was a man sent from God whose name was John um and this is now referencing John the Baptist obviously, and he was Jesus's cousin so did they was Elizabeth also in Nazareth? at the time.
1: The, yes, because remember there was a visitation between yes. Elizabeth and, and, and Mary. And when Elizabeth was pregnant six months before um, Mary, um, so there was a six-month gap between the conception of, of Jesus and the conception of Mary, John older mm-hmm. than Jesus, uh, where Mary's uh, sorry Elizabeth's experience when she comes to the mother of her Lord uh, yeah. as she says, uh, you know, the baby in me jolted with joy because yeah. there was uh, that kind of, and it's almost, you know, it does give you a sense that how do you interpret a baby's movement inside your your belly yeah. Um, yeah. and how she interprets this because Mary was carrying um, our Lord in, in Elizabeth's words. Mm. And John... <clears throat> Even in, his, in his, even his life in the womb was already paying obeyance to the Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so now this, this gentleman grows up and he fulfills his, his life's mission of, what is it, he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. So, like, we, we spoke at length last week about, like, John's stoicism and, like, those characteristics that I really enjoy about him. But here he is... Presented by the judges, the teachers, the keepers of the law, the psalm singers in the temple, (laughs) um, which Mm. which was the traditional role of the Levites. Um, And he's now having to explain who he is. So my, my question to you is, is it ever explained whether John had an encounter with God?
1: Um, the encounter would have been, I don't think there's a reference to it per se, uh, but I think from the very beginning, where his own father, who was a priest, struggled hmm. um, and he was silenced, excuse me, excuse me, and he, and he was silenced um, uh, before the birth of John and then he's. He had, once he had shown some obedience to God, he had then, the first words that he was meant to speak was to name his son. Mm. And so with reference to that, one would have thought that the way he was raised was in a way that prepared him for the So the encounter with God would have been through his upbringing and what his name meant. And mm, I mm. suppose the call of his heart, um, the the kind of I mean, there's no if there's no there's no uh, written note about this, but one can only yeah. imagine yeah. the encounter with Jesus when they were boys, cousins growing up, um, sharing a, a family connection. Uh, we don't read of that, uh, mm. but yeah. but somehow he knew Jesus was was called differently to to when he was, to what he was called. And and you can see here, for example, uh, somehow uh, somehow he's been prepared of when he will have to be giving testimony of who he is, because let me just go back to verse 20. It says, uh, he confessed and did not deny, I am the Messiah. Based on the question asked by priests and Levites, people who were in tuned, it would seem, Mm. of the Old Testament Bible. So who are you would say something about you revealed something of the Old Testament. but we're not sure. Mm. So his own identity would, his sense of who he is and what he was meant to be. Um, And you can see that his response was not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, Zacchaeus and, and, and um, Zechariah and, and and whats the name uh,
2: um, mm. and, and
1: Elizabeth's son. No, he, he's, he says, I'm not the Messiah. So does that reveal that at that time there was messianic expectation mm. that the people of Israel living under the Roman uh, um, um, law looked at John and saw something in him that would suggest Liberation for them Mm. because they were heightened about the Messianic, the Messiah coming to, 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 to deliver them. There was that expectation that as their history would have told them at a certain point, a Messianic figure comes.
2: Yeah. To take yeah. them
1: out of the struggle, Moses played such a role in their lives. Joshua played such a role in their lives. Mm. You know, the prophets played roles like that in their lives as well. So now, in this uh, period of their of their history, they are again looking at the um, a, a liberator.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Um,
1: and then they have to ask him because what was he said made them come up with. Well, who is this fellow if he's saying these things and doing all of these things? And so John, uh, if you go back to verse six, it says a man sent from John, from God, a witness to testify. Mm. So that was his CV. It's a man sent from God to witness to the light. Mm. And his witness was not that he was the light, but he came to testify to the light. So I think John would have been schooled and his own heart would have suggested hearing God's call in his, in his life. But he had, I mean, can you imagine that having this focus on you and then saying, yeah, I'm the Messiah would have yeah. been the denial yeah. of his calling and the denial of you. So John teaches us we must not give forth who we are not. Mm. We must be certain about, you know, our sense of core. Because that question arises. Who are you?
2: Mm. So
1: the sense of identity beyond just your biology. The sense of what are you called to be? Why are you saying and doing the things you are saying and doing? You know, should you be a priest? Should you be a lay minister, Sunday school teacher? Uh, No ministry is undervalued. Mm. Um, But it has, but I think that a large amount of this is teaching us that there was in the air messianic expectation. And John was doing something that suggested hope. His witness was so credible that they needed to know. Who he really was, because their hearts were longing for a liberator.
0: Mm. So, like, the, the question that keeps circling my mind, because his, his father received the message. Right. And then his father obviously had to pass that on, that expectation, that kind of legacy, yeah. on to his son. And I cannot even imagine raising a child with a single purpose in their mind, instead yeah. of just like having them be a blank slate and to go forth and discover the world as they will. Like it's it's a it's a it's a bizarre concept to me.
1: <laughs> but can you imagine the 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 challenge of parenthood? As you were talking, my mind went back to Elizabeth's visitation to Mary. Mm. And she mm. says the baby leaped inside of me as I entered this space where you are mm. the mother mm. of my Lord. And you know, mothers played a very influential role at the beginning of children's lives. Yeah. On her knee, he would have learned how to pray the Shema. Mm.
2: Um,
1: Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. But at the same time, be able to say to him, you know, when I when I visited Mary while I was still bearing you for six months. We don't read that narrative, but it could be part of our imagination where how much of what Mary, Elizabeth taught John made him become single. How much of yeah. what his dad and mother taught yeah. him together. So we, he pursued the world from the perspective that God was calling him to a particular task. Yeah. We raise yeah. our children from the other end. We raise our children from a human perspective and say they must pursue the world by making sure that they have enough options to be able to do something of, of that's going to be of value to them and mm. that they will be able, and of course, our sense would be that you'll have enough money in the bank, that you'll have a decent life, because that's what we're concerned about. Yeah. That you will yeah. have a roof over your head, that so you'll be able to maintain a particular st- type of lifestyle, and for this you need education. And the education doesn't necessarily set you up to say, well, in all of this, am um, I taught to listen to God?
2: Mm. What has my
1: parents taught me in terms of their listening to God about what I what role I'm supposed to play? Well, we are concerned um, out of fear I suppose on one level that our children have a credible education and our children are able to intellectualize their education and to articulate it uh, particularly in their careers and so we send them through that passage of so so whilst mary elizabeth the and, and, and Zacharias, uh, Zachariah Zechariah was meant to teach him in, in a particular way mm. um, where he became uh, where he, where he came resolved to saying, "Well, this is my call because I get a sense of God in my life that this is the call I have mm. because that was the nature of their call um, you know that there are um Societies, and I've been, I've watched something on Netflix some time ago in terms of rich families in America, for example, where your education along the Ivy uh, Ivy League Mm. universities and how these children are earmarked to become presidents in the future and uh, particularly males and the women are taught how to be their supporters, so that when they marry this man, they know exactly mm. what their behaviorism has to be like. Um, I also heard recently um, um, why, why when when a lady is chosen to get married to a royal person in the, in, in England, they yeah. are yeah, yeah. taught how to keep slim when they are invited to all these parties where they have to open up this and open up that. Yeah. So they yeah, yeah. school... Uh, to, to think in that single-mindedness. Mm. So I think our perspective is the world is your oyster. Well, there's so many options, then there's something precious out there. Are you focused to get it? And so we try to encourage our children uh, to, to do that. I mean, we think of your daughter Ayla now.
2: Mm. She, is,
1: she is taking uh, lit, uh, um, uh, literary work very seriously. So is she destined to become a linguist?
0: Hopefully is not.
1: She <laughs> destined to be an English, an English uh, or Afrikaans or whatever language teacher? Is she meant to be an author?
2: In what is she to do with after after she's what,
1: she's made what, her money? What, <laughs> what has all of this done that she single-mindedly focused her talent is now in? this prize that she gets for this part of the academic work that she does. And is that already something you and Megan have to take, uh, has to take a, a cognizance of and guide it? Or do you say, oh, that she's still too young? We need to see further development of interest
0: here. Um, I had a moment this year where I mean, I've, I've, I'm a journalist. I studied journalism. I'm very involved in literary works. Um, I, I do it for a living. I'm very, I'm hyper focused on literature, be it in song form, be it anything. I'm hyper focused on, on vocabulary, on the usage of vocabulary, linguistics, all those sorts of things. So that obviously rubs off on her. And they were tasked with writing a poem. And it's the first full-length poem that she's written. And it was, I think they just got a starting point. Um, they were reading, there was a short story that they read, and they had to make a poem about this. And the literary techniques that she displayed um, when she was reading it to us was of such a high caliber, like just a use of alliteration to introduce rhythm um, that will move that moves the idea forward um, at, at a palatable pace uh, for for the the listener was it was phenomenal. I know grown people who have studied to honors level to master's level who cannot string together those sorts of like just little breadcrumbs within the actual writing. Yeah, the, the spelling wasn't there, 100%, um, but but just that innate sense of rhythm that she has, you know. And I looked over at my wife, and my wife's eyes were rolling so far back in her head, because the realization that she might be dealing with another journalist. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like I, I would I would never I would never push any of my children into a, a certain thing. They have to choose um their path. I will be supportive um with that. And yeah, that 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 brings me back. Like that I think that is the, the core of why I I gravitated towards that that um Gabriel's message verse or at least song. Um because this the story it the the players might be john and jesus but the story is what came before them what prepared them for their path like like i i still want to know the story of jesus's childhood like did he always know that did did he always have the knowledge of his future with him um and was working towards that or did his life just unfold as a series of choices as all of us does where like with John, you get that sense that he was like, I am this person and I am going to live my life this way so that I can perform this duty. And I respect that because inherently I'm that sort of person. Like I just want to know what my job is and execute it flawlessly. Um, so yeah, like the the role of parents in, in, in the story is, is very, Undervalued.
1: Yeah. I mean, go back to Luke. Luke is the only one that really talks about uh, the uh, t- the teenage life of Jesus in a very short way, mm. where he's, uh, he's he, he doesn't come back home straight with his parents after the major festival in Jerusalem, uh, mm. and was having a conversation with the elders of the of the temple, and they were fan- fascinated by his questioning and his responses. And when he comes home and they ask him, so what were you on about? And his first words to them was, my father's business. Mm. So what at that age did he know? His mother, we now know at age 14, was able to respond to, to God and write the Magnificat, recite mm. the Magnificat, um, talking about poetry and children. There you go. Mm. Um, when Jesus comes onto the scene in Luke's Gospel, Chapter 4, uh, now in the temple speaking, he, he, he recites Psalm, Psalm 61. I mean, Isaiah 61, um, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because God has chosen me. And that we see is his manifesto, um, very clear that at age 30, this is what he was supposed to be doing with his life this yeah. is what his call was, his divine call, his eternal call was. So again, when the parents are like, why were you late? This is the reason and we find mm-hmm. no more is said about that except to accept and support whatever that meant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Joseph died, it would assume in very early ages of Jesus, stages of Jesus' life. Mm-hmm. So what, what role did Mary have to play in all of this? And in both his parents, <clears throat> are portrayed in the Gospels as parents who were tuned in to God.
2: Who, yeah. yeah. Or
1: people who were obedient to God. So how much of that's built over from an earthly perspective uh, upon mm. Jesus' life? But uh, we do know that from teenage years, there's one story, at least we can say, he knew that he was about his father's business and he knew who the father was. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. again, yeah, um, one would say, so, parents may play a, a limited role in uh, their children's discovery of who they are and what they are about, but the important thing is parents play a role. And the parents mm-hmm. need to find out what role they each play. And, you know, I, I read someone in a, in a book one day that says, you know, we often want to put things into children. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in them, into their minds and stuff like that. Um, what we must also concentrate on is really what is already there and then build that up.
2: But how do you,
1: how do you test what is there already? Because look, from a very young age, they don't, they've observed. Yeah. They've listened without saying a word. And then they start speaking. Mm. Then it's escalated the observation skills. They uh, they're, uh, um, them an- analysing what they are looking at, they mm. narrating what they're looking mm-hmm. at, the articulation of what they're looking at. You know, we are fascinated with the child speaks, uh, the first verse, the first words. Um, now, how did they come on? And, and right across the globe, this is very interesting, a child's first words are either dada or mama. Yeah. ma. Why is it daddy and mommy? Why is it firstly that in most cases universally? So what have they been hearing? What mm. have they, they been pointed to? What have they mm. been observing? And so the stimuli for development and growth is already around us. Yeah. You know, and and consciously or unconsciously, we are making them aware of something
0: that that I, I I do subscribe to um, that says that uh, the the dada and the mama the, those syllables are just easier um, as as the fine motor skills or at least the, the motor skills are refined, the motor skills of the mouth of the the breath control um, that sort of thing to to vocalize um, and then we attach the meaning to it by our reaction so the children but only one they competing for, for attention, <laughs> that that's all they want is, is attention. And if you respond, if the certain parents respond for the certain words, they then make the connection. So it's like our behavior attaches meaning to the sounds coming from the child, which is it's a fascinating theory. Um, I forget. I'll, I'll. I think I'll actually. I'll look it up. And I'll. I did see a crash course video on YouTube, and I'll, I might link that that down in 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 the podcast description. But yeah, it's it, it's absolutely fascinating. And then like it's 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 that idea of. I emphasize certain like I you you speak about testing it. Um, during lockdown, I tried to pull this. Well, moving into Halloween, I tried to pull this prank on my son. Um, where I was trying to convince him that was abducted by aliens and replaced with a replicant. Um, and that was to test. I think I I have discussed it, it was to test his his mettle and just how he will verify information because it's now the person who he sees as his font of information is telling him this. And he refused to believe it. And I gave him the escape key, I told him it's like just ask her to show her. Your navel, um, and because only humans can have navels, because of the umbilical cord, and and and, um, and he just absolutely rejected any of my <laughs> attempts to 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 sway his mind. And yeah, like like with my daughter, she noticed, she observes how I zone in on certain or focus in on certain aspects of, like music, like. If I introduce a new artist to it, it will always be on a basis of like, look how cleverly he uses his rhymes. Like, look at this. This is why I don't like that type of music because they don't, they're not as creative. So she internalizes this through her observations. And yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, the, the, the John the Baptist story is very much a reflection of, of his upbringing um, that prepared him for that kind of life. And like within him, he needed the, the metal to, to hold steadfast to that idea. Um, and I think um, from a secular perspective, John the Baptist and Jesus, because uh, you, you see who Mary is in Jesus's journey to the cross. Um, and she just reinforced that Messiah idea through his childhood. And then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy, almost. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, there's the, there's, the, there's the marriage at Canaan, Galilee, in John chapter 2. Mm. And she says to him, you know, can you help this couple because the wine has run out? And he said, woman, yeah. what have you got to do with me? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, don't don't uh, display my p- powers in the way you want to do it Uh, but again we read out of that story that he comes to bring new life really what's an opportunity Mm. for that but I just want to add that whilst we are given the responsibility to help our children develop themselves Mm. uh, and, and, and the gift that God has intended them to be not just for us but for the wider world we read in these passages God's presence and role behind this in development. God Mm -hmm. wanting to be part of, because everyone, I believe, uh, God wants us to be part of his eternal plan. Uh, Again, going back to the Isaiah passage, all the nations will praise him. Why? Because of who God is and what God does for people. And um, And so I think that parents obviously are aware that as they have to play this role, um, they do so with the eye of of God on them, presence of God with them, and the wisdom needed to raise our children, that Hmm. whatever they choose to become, they still find in that, that they are fulfilling the purpose of God for their lives. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that is important, and it's not about the things we make important often around lifestyle, Mm -hmm. because we end up seeing so many people um, unhappy. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, it's a a real challenge to raise children, but it's also a worthy challenge, even though we are not worthy to do it, Uh, (laughs) which is what your question was earlier on.
2: Yes, um, yes. And John what says,
1: I'm not worthy to untie the thongs of his sandal, yet I'm called to be a witness.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm called to be the one sent by God to tell them, make straight the way of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I, I'm called that even though I'm not worthy to untie the thong of, of his sandal, uh, uh, God has still called me. So God doesn't call me because I'm worthy to do anything. But God calls me so that he can fulfill his purposes through my life and
0: in mm-hmm. my life i I love the way you've tied it up neatly with a bow, um but I feel I just need to add one point about the challenges of of modern parenting, like um you never know you might be raising the next messiah <laughs> um uh. <laughs> and you wouldn't want to to hand off that the wisdoms that the child gains through their their early life um to social media um And the screen is not a good substitute um, for parents. Self-care does not mean leaving your child to be raised by something else or somebody else while you go out and have a good time. You had the kid. It's your responsibility to be there for the kid. Um, I'm sorry if that sounds judgy. Uh, (laughs) And on that point, Father... Could add something to temper that and then some other points of reflection in the praise of the church.
1: You know, the, the, what, what I can, can say is, is I've just been reading something that says the, the whole purpose of celebrating the Eucharist is for us to journey into the heart of Jesus' self-giving in order to discover who we are and who we might become in Jesus which uh, attaches itself to the theme of God inspiring all of his church um, to, to, to uh, respond to Jesus's coming.
2: Mm. And, and mm.
1: so I think that, yeah, God pays personal um, attention to us. Um, and so... Parents are called to pay personal attention to their children's development and growth and not create artificial um, Substitutes Mm. Um, And 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 when when creating artificial substitutes Are they willing to engage the child out of the experience of that artificial? um, Substitute to, to, to help the child understand that in some cases we have to go to the artificial, but it's yeah. not the yeah. main thing. God pays personal attention to us. Uh, our prayer is God inspire us. How did, as God doesn't put a screen in front of us, he sends his son. Um, how does God save? He comes himself so that the nations may praise him. There's no substitute for God. God, oh, God does it himself so i hope that helps uh, what you were saying to parents that uh, we are called to to be present to our children uh, oh, even when an artificial substitute is being used as a means of education but that's all it can mean it can't be mm. the parent mm-hmm. itself it so we move be. into into the heart of jesus through prayer uh, and this is the third uh, Sunday in Advent or of Advent, and here we are. Uh, our prayers are all about rejoicing in the Lord, who gives us liberation, justice, uh, casts His favor on us, and who calls us to give thanks in all circumstances. We petitioning God in these prayers that the Church may proclaim. God's freedom and release, that um, God would guide the nations in ways that enable all people to sing for joy, and we reflect here on our own nation, our leadership, and especially during the second wave of COVID-19, um, and how it's affecting us. That God would pour out His grace on all, all our communities that they may abound in God's love. And we do take cognizance that in many of our communities, where poverty and violence and abuse and alcoholism, illiteracy, and things that show the depravity of humanity um, mm. and our brokenness uh, and our reluctance to become human. Um, It's all displayed and we pray especially that those communities who assume they have everything and everything is at peace, that these things are illusions if we are not in it together. And also that as we petition God about our lives when it faces various trials, we ask God to, to sanctify and keep us in his faithfulness which now leads us to do um, two intercessions, one focusing on COVID, and we pray for all in the parish now affected, in hospital, at home, in isolation. And we think also of Vern Jephter, who sadly died as a result of COVID-19. Uh, related illnesses and his children and their families, his mother and other people in the parish and other people of the diocese and of our nation and world. Author of life, healer of the nations, grant us courage to face our trial. Give us wisdom to find relief. Give us faith to be responsible. And grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. Then the 16 days of activism. uh, The 2020 Unite campaign theme. Orange the World Fund. Respond. Prevent and Collect. And this is the focus we've given to it this week. This is a woman speaking. An elderly woman speaking. Today I survived. My pension sustains this family. But drugs had demonized my grandson, once the sweetest of my grandchildren, dependable and helpful. He lovingly would sit with me as I recalled the past. Now, uncontrolled. I fear him in our government flat. My whole body becomes further wrinkled as I cringe when I hear his footsteps. They are heavy with violence. The last beating he gave me for money. I lied at the clinic about the injuries. He is one foot from death or prison. But he gets worse. Lord, I'm sorry that as grandmother, I wish she were dead, just to give me some peace and rest. And once we've lit a candle, and you can light a candle at this point of the podcast, and think of the music and the words of Rock of Ages cleft for me, let me hide myself in the Then we conclude our prayers with Trevor Huddleston and our nation as we pray God bless Africa. God, our children, guide our leaders and give us peace for Jesus Christ's sake. Amen. And then in conclusion, my sisters and brothers, as we end of the, the session of worship we're reminded by the M writer who said lord jesus give us grace on earth to love you more in heaven to see your face and with your saints adore and the peace of god which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds In the knowledge and love of god and of his son jesus christ our lord and the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit be amongst you and remain with you always let us go in peace to love and serve the lord in the name of christ amen dear people thank you for tuning in if there is anything you'd like us to know Uh, how we are doing and how we can improve please let lindsay and myself know and we will make the adjustments where necessary that uh, will help us become more creative um, on your behalf and please stay safe and be careful during this time love and blessings from us all.